Are subscriptions dying? Are they going to turn into something else as more and more Americans start canceling them? Also, 72% of you do this. Are you creating a new illness? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what tomorrow means to me, okay? Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Happy Friday to you. So very glad you are joining me on this Friday. All right. There is a doctor who makes house calls, and you should never, ever see this doctor. Oh, you can use this doctor, you know, as a reference once you find out something, but you should not use this doctor as your primary care physician. Who is this doctor? Dr. Google. Dr. Google is a real thing, and they have now done research about Dr. Google. 72% of you, and me, especially me, uh, use Dr. Google. 72%. That's basically everybody that can use a computer. And you go on, and you type in a few symptoms, and basically all roads lead to cancer or death. And that's the truth. You type in, I have a sore throat with a headache, and all of a sudden, you've got a malignant tumor in your throat. 72% of people use Dr. Google to try to diagnose what it is they have. There's even websites and health services that now have symptom checkers, where you enter your symptoms into an AI model, and it tells you the possible things that are going on. It does not, however... Ask for a complete medical history, uh, ask for vitals or anything like that. So it is information for information's sake, and it is causing a new illness. Dr. Google is actually creating a new illness that the American Psychiatric Association is recognizing and that I am sure that I have because of my medical anxiety. Medical anxiety is a real mental health condition. It's real. It's part of my PTSD. And not only is it real, but it can be debilitating, absolutely debilitating. And Dr. Google does not help a person with medical anxiety. In fact, we now have a nation of cyberchondriacs. That's what they're being called, cyberchondriacs. You go online, you type in your symptoms, and you are convinced. For instance, brain tumors. One of the number one Google searches when it comes to health is, do I have a brain tumor? Less than 1% of the population will be diagnosed with brain tumors. In the United States, okay, that's about 24 to 25,000 people out of two out of 320 million people. About 30,000, give or take, 25 to 30,000, will actually be diagnosed with glioblastoma or another malignant form of brain tumor. I know someone that was, and she was part of a very elite club. But we all hear the story, like my friend Daniel's mom went through. You go get a normal scan and suddenly, oh, no, you know. But less than 1% of people will get brain tumors. But if you have a headache, 
you wake up with a headache, if your vision's a little blurry, you type in blurred vision and headache, brain tumor. Of course, it could also be that you just have a headache and dry eye. It could be medication that you're taking. It could be a million things. Brain tumor is the first thing that pops up, okay? I spent the day yesterday, Thursday, actually thinking that I might have a brain tumor. The truth. The reason is I woke up with a headache and I have what I believe is stress-induced brain fog. I have been under medical anxiety for three weeks now, just major, about myself and about Ember. Now, Ember is feeling great. Her voice is almost back. She's got tons of energy. She's eating. She traveled to and from Long Beach. She's going to go again tomorrow or actually this afternoon. We leave Friday afternoon. Um, And so I've had so much on my mind with what's happening in Long Beach this weekend, you know, to me, uh, getting the award and and getting up on the wall. Uh, And then the medical anxiety. Three weeks ago when she went horse and they couldn't tell me why because it's very difficult to diagnose a dog's throat without literally having an MRI, which is four grand and you have to put them to sleep and all that. Um, You know, it's hard for them to figure out what it is. And a larynx that's strained in a dog can take weeks to heal. So she could have just strained it and it, you know, could need to heal. But when they did labs and her calcium came back high and they mentioned parathyroid tumors, which are right by her larynx, suddenly I spent a week, a week from Wednesday to Wednesday, not this Wednesday, but two weeks ago, I spent a week thinking she had parathyroid tumors. I watched surgery after surgery of them on YouTube. I watched the different surgeries between splaying her throat open or going in with a needle in a non-invasive. I cried over the three or four days that she might have to be in the hospital in case they remove the tumor and her calcium swings and that she may die during that time. I had myself so worked up and I already had her having major surgery and being in the hospital and then they redrew the labs the next week and guess what? It was a lab error because there was too many lipids in her blood. Her lipids went down because she was fasting back to where they normally are and her calcium went down. So no parathyroid test, no parathyroid tumor. All the Google searches, I watched this woman's whole adventure, a 30-minute video of her dog and its surgery and its recovery. And God bless her. She's in Australia, Canada, and her dog got through it. And, but it was a big traumatic event for her. I, watched, I did it all. I shouldn't have. And now I didn't need to. But because I'm a cyberchondriac, and have medical anxiety, I did. I have a lump on my shin. It just appeared. I don't recall hitting my shin. And I didn't even know there was a bruise there until Tuesday of this week. The doctor x-rayed it. The x-ray came back and said, you have a lump on your shin. That's what the x-ray said. The bone is fine, but there's a lump above the bone. Didn't say what kind of lump. So then she orders an ultrasound, but they can't do it for weeks. And I'm flying and flying again this afternoon. I was worried it could be a blood clot because why? Dr. Google. So I emailed the doctor and say, look, this could be something terrible and I'm going to fly again. She said, okay, go to urgent care. They'll do the ultrasound right away. I'll make sure. So I did. I did that right after I got off an airplane. Wednesday, I got off the plane, brought her stuff home and went straight to an urgent care. On a week that I should be celebrating being put up on a wall, I'm in an urgent care having an ultrasound of a lump. 
And then that came back non-specific. They said could be a um uh, a, a um what is it? Not a lipoma, but a oh a hematoma. Could be a hematoma. Could be a cyst. Could be this or that. But the doctor said because there's a bruise that she's betting, you know, her medical career on the fact that it's a hematoma. That I hit it, it bled, it's probably being fed by a little vein, a little artery under there, and it, it got big and bruised. And she said, it's a hematoma. Just wear a compression sock, and it'll go down in a couple weeks. Did I believe her? No. I Googled that, and they said, oh, sarcomas are constantly uh, being misdiagnosed as hematomas. So am I convinced that it's still not cancer? Well, the internet told me that there's a chance it's been misdiagnosed, even though she said it's not a sarcoma. And then if you have a sarcoma, you could have longer brain cancer. So I'm convinced that the brain fog is not anxiety, but that the brain fog is, in fact, cancer, because this is obviously a sarcoma in my leg. And yet doctors are telling me, no, it's not a sarcoma. It's a hematoma. And all of that information that I found out was from who? Dr. Google. If I found out from my doctor, my doctor says, hematoma, go about your life. And I'm not alone. Y'all think, well, Carell, I'm not alone. Story after story on the internet from healthcare professionals whose patients come in convinced they have brain tumors or kidney cancer or lung cancer or bone cancer or whatever, all because Dr. Google says it's a possibility and then they don't have it. And so what should you do? Don't Google your symptoms. If you truly believe you have something wrong, write down your symptoms and call a doctor. But the problem is time. Well, we'll see you in three weeks. You want to know now. Dr. Google is there. Join Carell in Long Beach, California, October 21st, as he is placed on the Rainbow Wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's October 21st, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event. And you got to beware the Dr. Google rabbit hole. Okay, you, you can use Dr. Google. You can. It's okay. But don't go down the rabbit hole. In other words, you know, you look at one, then you click, you click, you click, and finally you click on something that says, oh, that's it. You're going. You've got the, you know. And part of this is a failure of healthcare because it takes so long now to see a doctor or to get test results or to get tested. It's much easier to turn to Dr. Google. It's like, well, Dr. Google's right there right now. And so every article I've read has said, and this is all in the news right now, that you need to not use it. You need to just say, I'm going to talk to a healthcare professional. You can do video chats now. You know, I'm going to, and if it's something urgent, if you really feel there is something urgently wrong with you, go to urgent care. Go to urgent care. This one doctor was writing about this, and the woman that came in just convinced she had a brain tumor really just had anemia. Her symptoms were being caused because she wasn't eating enough iron, and so he gave her an iron supplement. She's fine. No brain tumor. I spent weeks 
worrying about Ember for no reason. She didn't have parathyroid tumors. This lump on my leg is probably a hematoma. Probably. And I probably, since only 1% of the world gets a brain tumor, I probably don't have one. But if you read Dr. Google, I've got all the symptoms. Headaches, intermittent blurred vision, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes, I've had that, I've had that, I've had that, I've had that. And I think it all comes from the fear of being sick and the fear of aging and the fear of dying. I think now we all believe that we're going to get something you know, some terrible cancer, some terrible... Th- and many of you are saying, oh, that's not me. I don't worry about it. I just, you know... Blah. Good. You're in the 28% that don't. Good for you. 72% of us are turning into cyberchondriacs, where we find ourselves Googling a symptom at least once a week. If you Google a symptom more than once a week, you're a cyberchondriac. And so how do you think I know that only 1% of brain, that people get brain cancers? I Googled it. How many people get brain cancer? It said less than 1%. I thought, well, you're going to be in that 1% because you're extraordinary. <laughs> and that's a rabbit hole. We just fall down in it. You know, and I know someone, my best friend's mother, who had this happen laying on the table. Oh, you got to go to the emergency room. So when you've seen it happen, you're like, oh, it can happen. Yeah, but not to you. So my advice and advice I'm going to try to follow, do not Google your symptoms. If something is really wrong, call your doctor. If you're not getting the medical care you need or if you're not insured or if the doctor won't see you quick enough, find a clinic. Find, you know, tr- but I think it's also because we don't trust doctors anymore. Doctors come in, they breeze in, they breeze out. You know, it's like you don't really believe you're in great medical hands. You think you have to take it into your own hands because they're just so brief in their visits and they're just all about insurance and, you know, all of that. So you don't think you're in great medical hands. So you know better. So better to go Google it yourself. No. Survey says no. (laughs) Don't do it. I'm going to try not to. I am. I'm, I'm going to try not to Google symptoms anymore. And, I, I, and now I've instigated a three-day three rule with myself. If I get any symptom, unless it's urgent, you know, like heart attack or something, but if I get any symptom, I wait three days before I call a doctor or before I Google it or whatever, three days. If I wake up with a headache, I wait three days. Did I wake up with a headache for three days in a row? No? Okay, then no Googling. If my eyes are a little blurry, which I've been diagnosed with dry eye and I have allergies and dry eye makes your eyes blurry. Uh, But if my eyes are a little blurry, are they blurry every day? No, then no Googling. So I've given myself three days. But it's hard because sometimes they'll come back. The doctor will come back with lab results and say, could be this, could be that, probably not, but could be this. And so you just go to the could be. And they throw the C word around now all the time. Well, it could be this, could be that, could be cancer. And we're all afraid of cancer. All of us. We all, we all think we're all going to get cancer. We're not. And I've already had it right here on my forehead. I've already had squamous cell carcinoma. I've had my cancer. That's it. My st- statistically, I'm done. So if you're like me in any way, if you Google your symptoms, if you find yourself going down rabbit holes, you need to stop. It is causing cyberchondria. And 72% of Americans, or I'm sorry, 72% of people in the world are Googling their symptoms. And of those, 
about 35 to 40% are cyberchondriacs. They're going down the rabbit holes. I'm not alone. Almost 40% of the people that Google symptoms are me. And it's because we have too much, you know, information when you have too much of it is not that good of a thing because it just leaves open too many possibilities. Better to let the experts, you know, we've all become medical experts now. Oh, I read on Google or I saw an article or I did that. Yeah, no, none of us have medical degrees. A few of you do, uh, but most of us don't have medical degrees. And Dr. Google never studied anywhere. He's just Encyclopedia Britannica. That's all it is. It's like going to a medical library. You could find you know, symptoms in every book that point to horrible things. That doesn't mean you have it. So leave the Dr. Google alone. It's an alarming trend. In 2023, the numbers are staggering. We need to stop. I'm, I'm not even sure it's good that all that information is out there. I'm not. Scientists are saying it's probably not good that we all have access to so much information about health because we're not trusting our doctors. And we, we like they give you your lab results back from Quest Diagnostics before you talk to your doctor. You can go through your blood work that's posted. So you see something a little abnormal and you're Googling, well, what does raised eosinophils mean? Or what do, what do absolute lymphocytes mean? It means you should ask your doctor. That's what it means, because if you Google it, you're going to have 16 problems. All right, talking about that, you know, subscriptions uh, to streaming services, internet streaming services, subscriptions are at an all-time high, and now they're starting to decline because of the economy. So you're canceling certain, like you're living without Netflix, or you're living without this, or you're living without that. And it prompted an article at Medium that said, is the era of subscriptions over? Are we, uh, have we reached critical mass? They also said podcasting has reached critical mass and it's now going to start to decline. And I say, of course it is, because it's going to swing, you know, it swings. A lot of you are going back to free television. A lot of you are going back to free television. You know, you have an antenna. Where's my thing? You have this right here. This is, this is an antenna right here. You, put, you connect this to your TV, you put it in your house, and you get over 200 channels. This thing costs about 40 bucks. It's from RCA. You can get it at Walmart or any Target, whatever, online. Uh, and you connect it up to your TV, and you get high-def 200 channels. Now you don't get them. You know, and there are movie channels that you can get. You know, they're old movies or they're you know, B-movies or whatever. But it's entertainment. And so a lot of you are going back to free television because you're tired of paying 10. The average person has seven subscriptions, seven. And they're all going up. Disney Plus is raising their prices. Paramount Plus is raising their prices. H or Max has already raised their price. They're all going up. They're on average $15 a month now. And if you got seven, that's $105. And so a lot of you are saying no to the Hulu or you're choosing. I'm going to have one or I'm going to have two Hulu and Netflix or BritBox and whatever. Some of you now are their packaging subscriptions. The cable companies have caught on. They know you're cutting the cord. So now cable companies like DirecTV and such are saying, oh, get our service and included. We'll give you Hulu and Netflix or we'll give you Disney Plus and Max. And so the streaming, the on-demand streaming. So now cable companies are starting to include subscriptions 
in their packages and people are going for that because they're cheaper. You can get it, you know, they, they buy them in bulk or whatever. I don't know how the cable companies are doing it, but they're making it cheaper to where the average subscription goes down to about seven bucks instead of the 15 or 16 or whatever that it is. So I'm curious, are you canceling your subscriptions? I'm also curious, are you a, mem do, are you a member of the Dr. Google Club? Do you Google your symptoms or do you just say no to it? I'm curious about those two things. Are you canceling subscriptions and do you use Dr. Google? Tell me down below in comments or email comments at reallycorel.com. I'd love to hear from you. Do you use Dr. Google and are you canceling subscriptions? Two questions. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. Hey, what are you doing October 21st? Why not join Carell in Long Beach, California as he is placed on the rainbow wall in the Equality Plaza in the Harvey Milk Promenade Park, 185 East 3rd Street, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's October 21st, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in Long Beach at Harvey Milk Promenade Park as Carell and his late partner Andrew are recognized for their contributions to the LGBTQ community. Come out and support Carell as he is honored as part of Carell and Andrew at this special event. Okay, so you've been hearing the ads here in the show. Tomorrow, October 21st in Long Beach from 1 to 3, there's a ceremony where they're going to put a plaque in the Equality Plaza with my name on it and Andrew's name on it for our contributions to the LGBTQ community of both Long Beach and the world. And I have to tell you that I am really, really moved uh, by being included in this. A, to be in the Harvey Milk Plaza, to be in anything with Harvey's name on it. Harvey Milk was a huge LGBTQ civil rights advocate. He was one of the first elected openly gay official in San Francisco. He was killed by Dan White, the Twinkie defense, uh, and Mayor Moscone in San Francisco. Uh, and he has become an LGBTQ icon. Uh, to be in a park named after him uh, is, is just a huge honor. And it's brought up a lot of emotions for me. I was in Long Beach to go to the city council meeting on Tuesday where they recognized us all and took pictures with us and all of that. After I went to dinner with my friend Sean Devereaux, um, I drove by where my mother used to live at 4th and Atlantic and I cried in front of the building because she should be here to see this and, and I miss her so damn much. I, I just, you know, 2003, I lost her. It's 20 years this year. Well, I haven't lost her. I know exactly where she is. Uh, but, I, you know, she left this planet, I think. I think that's what happens afterwards. Uh, and I just, I miss her. And being in Long Beach has brought up so many conflicting emotions. I miss the ocean. I miss ocean air. Ember loved it. She, I didn't have to pull her on the walk. She ran down the bluffs. I talked to more gay people walking her that morning down Broadway than I have in a year here in Las Vegas. Um, but more importantly, and I want to take this part of the show, being Carell and being Carell and Andrew, Andrew Lee Howard, who passed away in 2001, has always been a mixed bag. 
we were too straight acting or whatever. I don't know. The gays just thought we should do more for the gays. We were on KFI or when I was on KGO. And yet straight people thought I was too gay. They still make fun of my lisp. Every video I post, people make fun of my lisp. Um, and so we're too gay. I'm too gay for the straights. And I'm, I, you know, was not gay enough for the gays. And I'm an entertainer. So being Carell was part of entertainment. You want success and success does equal fame. And so you want that. That's something you're working for, the success. And so for me, being Carell was never a statement, like was never like, you know, I didn't do it for the movement, for the gays. I did it because Andrew and I needed a job because I needed to work in entertainment. Just like Harvey Milk never wanted to be the first openly gay anything. He just wanted to pick up dog poop. That was his first thing, his first initiative, the dog poop initiative. So, you know, he wanted to make his city better. He did happen to be gay, and a lot of people made that an issue, but he didn't make it an issue. You know, I've never really made me being gay an issue. I just am. You have to accept it or not, but whatever. That's me. That's who I am. But the byproduct of that, now that I'm 60, going to be 61 in 20 days, um, has been that others have felt more comfortable being gay. That kids that used to listen to us on the radio or listen to me felt they could come out more easily. That families that had gay, you know, relatives accepted them more because of me or because of Andrew. My being out and my being proud and just as gay as could be hasn't just been about my career. I now see it's really been about helping others deal with that, with their own sexuality, with their families. And that, to me now, was the point. You know, I, I'm not wealthy. I'm not. I am by some people's standards because I own my own house. But, you know, I'm not wealthy. I live check to check like everybody else. I shouldn't. Other people in my position don't. But I guess I made bad financial decisions or didn't really know about money. I never really learned. I don't have a 401k or IRA or any of that stuff. I never learned about it. And I, I just didn't know about it. And I was so busy being an entertainer. I just never really thought about money. A lot of entertainers are that way. It's why their business managers run off with their money. You know, I just I never really thought about it. But I did think about the kid that called me during a break and said he was going to kill himself because his parents threw him out. And I was the only gay person he knew because he heard me on the radio. So he called me during a break on KGO. I sent help. He got help. He later came to a personal appearance and hugged me for saving his life. Now, I didn't really save his life, but he thinks I did. I have over 20 letters from people that say they were going to kill themselves. And then they heard a particular show I did. And it stopped them. The power of that? So... To be put on a wall and to have our names up there because it wasn't easy and it's not easy being me. Oh, see, I'm emotional. It, it's not easy being me. I take a lot of hatred. My last 35 years as an entertainer, I have taken so much hatred, so much. Death threats and 
physical altercations, being told by people in power that they'd love to hire me, but I'm too gay or sound too gay or have a list or, you know, whatever it might be. I've taken a lot of hatred. You know, Jason Stewart just recently called me brave. I'm not brave. I'm terrified half the time. Sometimes when I go out in public, I'm scared to death because I am openly gay, overtly gay, and I am Carell, and I am the person with that opinion. And there are those that would like to kill me for it. And people do. You know, I'm not like a bank teller or whatever where the job is relatively not dangerous. I'm someone that puts everything on the line all the time because I put myself on the line. And Andrew did the same thing. He was so public about his HIV. He was so public about being on the drug study for Crixivan. He was so public about when he would go into the hospital. We shared everything on KFI, every one of our, our troubles. And because of that, persons with AIDS felt better because they finally heard someone in public talking about what they were going through. We were important. We were an important couple. And we were a brief couple, 11 years. He died at 34, I was 38, we were kids. But we mattered. We mattered. And now, tomorrow, a group of people is saying, hey, you matter. I'm really honored. And I got to tell you, it's been wonderful being Carell, and I hope to keep being him forever. I hey, am Carell. Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really Carell. That's youtube.com forward slash really Carell for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really Carell. That's patreon.com forward slash really Carell. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Carell. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so it doesn't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.